It's the prohibition of marijuana and the ongoing war on the plant didn't happen overnight, and legalizing it isn't going to happen overnight either. But I'm getting a little frustrated the more I learn about these legislators and their response to the will of the voters who went to the trouble of putting together petitions and getting signatures and passing initiatives. When it comes to them fulfilling their obligation to put regulations on legalization, they seem to have completely missed the message. The point of marijuana legalization wasn't to decriminalize a plant. It wasn't whether or not a plant was legal or not. The plant could give a shit. The plant doesn't care whether it's legal or not. The plant grows, and if you chop it down, it'll grow somewhere else. Plants aren't currently losing their rights. Plants aren't currently being incarcerated. Plants, while they may be chopped down, uh, don't really feel it like people do. The point of legalization, that is, isn't to legalize the plant, but to legalize the people who use that plant. Legalize the people to make what they are doing with that plant legal, to end punishment, sanction, or discrimination against those people who are using the plant. Hey y'all, welcome to the I Am Cannabis Sativa podcast. I am your host, Cannabis Sativa. If you're currently a medical marijuana patient and would like to tell your story and be featured on the podcast, feel free to email me at IamCannabisSativa at gmail.com. Hello, everyone. I hope you guys are having a very good um, day. Um, I hope you guys are staying cool if you're in the United States, especially the eastern United States. You know, we're, we're... going to undergo and we're currently undergoing a a huge heat wave and it's been very 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 hot and the heat wave has just started and um yeah i mean it's very very hot it's like 94 95 degrees on my um car um it showed it was like 95 degrees inside my car thermometer my car thermometer said it was like 95 and i believe it it's just it's sweltering out so stay stay safe if you're if you're out east. Um, but um, I'm 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 talking to you as I'm usually talking to you in legal grass, Massachusetts, the heartland of America. Um, so I know a number of states are looking into instituting medical marijuana programs, including Nebraska, Mississippi. Um, what what other states that come to mind right now? Yeah, those are the two that come to mind right now. Nebraska, Mississippi. They're they're looking at medical. Oh yeah, Idaho. Um so yeah, so Nebraska, Mississippi, Idaho. So they're all looking into medical marijuana right now. And um you know, there's there's plenty of examples at this point with 30 some states having it legal. There's plenty of examples we can learn from that are bad. You know, you, you don't want restrictive CBD only laws like states like Wisconsin have where you know you can only get CBD you can't get THC if it's going to help your condition and then the tyranny list is very very limited but um but 
you know, you have that whole gambit of, like, programs. You have CBD-only laws, like Texas, where it only really covered one condition. Um, they're expanding that to cover a, a, a few more conditions on their tyranny list. But, you know, it's very, very restrictive. Again, it's only CBD-only. And then you have um, then you have most of the eastern seaboard, which for the most part you don't have. Okay, like with the exception of like the southern states, so like from Mid Atlantic North, you have, I would say, full THC programs. Um, Maryland, they're gonna get their edible game up and running pretty soon, but and even in Pennsylvania, you have the whole gambit of products you know you know yeah you have in some states like like pennsylvania where you cannot you can only vaporize you cannot smoke don't you dare smoke your medicine or we burn you we burn your card and we kill your firstborn daughter or son like that's that's what they go and they do you know i mean i'm, I'm, I'm joking but you get the idea but you have that and then you have like programs like like oklahoma that are in the south and they're in the southwest that are 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 like what california used to be california you didn't really have a qualifying condition list anyone could get it if the doctor if she or he felt that it was fit for for you and that it was going to help benefit you then you were able to get a card and you know they kept the doctor patient relationship very very um just doctor patient and they didn't get big government on it and the barriers of entry weren't really too too high to start a business or to be a cultivator or, or to sell to businesses and that's really awesome you know um but you know in the past couple of years they've regulated it a, a lot more and then with prop 250 no with prop 64 which legalized they've priced out the people they priced out the legacy growers, the pioneers, all that. And now it's just a pay-to-pay -pay scheme. And, um, but, but the thing is, like, we should keep the barriers as low and as, as low as possible. We should make it as easy as possible to, to be in the business where you want to grow, whether you want to, you know, to package or whether you want to do whatever. And we should have it so there are, you know, a lot of craft growers and stuff. So, you know, the West Coast has always sort of been pioneers in this sense. But, um, but there is an exception to that. You know, in Maine, Maine is very like the West Coast in a lot of ways. And I'm going to explain why. So I, I got into this pretty interesting Reddit thread about this. Um, I'll, I'll probably enclose the links in the thread, but... This is how Maine's program works. And I feel that the states that are legalizing medical shouldn't really take cues from most of the East Coast except Maine. Because, you know, from from Pennsylvania, Jersey, all those, New, New York, whatever, those all these East Coast states, my state, Massachusetts, where, where it's big cannabis. It's pay to play. It's, you know, in my state, you have, for medical, you have vertical integration. And again, I... I will I re repeat this again as I've repeated several, several times. Just say no to vertical integration. If your lawmakers start being like, oh, we have to we have to do this to to make the 
cannabis industry a proper industry and to prevent this from turning into recreational or we have to do this so our cronies get rich and our body our rich bodies get rich the very bodies that bankroll us so we can be state senators and state reps so if your congress people ever try to put be like oh we need vertical integration nope the f out of of that because it keeps your prices high it keeps your prices high it makes it's only juggernauts can compete and not the craft grower not the legacy grower not the pioneer that's been doing this before it was hip and cool and you know they get priced out and we can't have that but um there's a lot to glean from Maine, what Maine did in 1999 by legalizing medical marijuana and keeping out big cannabis. So there, the Maine is very much like the, is very much as advanced as the West Coast is on cannabis. They're very much as advanced as Colorado is. You know, I've had their offerings. They're that good. There's a lot we can learn from Maine and, um, I know I've been being these episodes to death, but we're going to do one last sort of episode for now about main scene and what you, what you new states that are legalizing Idaho, Nebraska, and um, Mississippi, all you three states should listen to this. And, you know, because this is going to be relevant because you're going to want to keep out big cannabis and you're going to want to make the barriers of entry low. Because if you do that, if you do that, it makes it so almost anyone could get in the business and you can have people who can just grow and then they send their grows to dispensaries. Like in California, you had that going where before Prop 215, yeah, no, no, before Prop 64, 215 was their medical, which was legalized in the 90s. 64 is the new one. So before Prop 64, these dispensaries were getting their cannabis from small growers. So what you were able to do was just, you were just able to sell, like if you were a small time grower, you can just sell your weed directly to a dispensary and, you know, you don't need to be vertically integrated. You don't need to control all the aspects of your business. You know, and you don't need millions of dollars to be able to do this. So let's, let's, so there's just an unofficial history of Maine, Maine's medical canvas thing, scene. So I'm going to read this sort of overview of, of Maine's sort of journey with medical marijuana. And I feel a lot can be learned from this. You know, I, I feel like. I feel like a lot can be learned for this from this to make um, the new states that are going to come on board to have them have more of a craft cannabis scene where, you know, it's centered on small growers, small caregivers, small farmers, you know, small producers. You can squash big cannabis at its tracks right now, Idaho, um, Nebraska and Mississippi. And here's how you can do it. So I'm going to read the story right now. My understanding is limited, and my apologies if it sounds like I am mansplaining, but here, here's what was explained to me a long time ago by some bushy older grower on the beach. Maine decriminalized small amounts of marijuana in 1976-1977. There was a flourishing scene in the 1980s with a lot of cool genetics like Mother of Berries being developed. Pretty much everyone 
and their neighbor was growing genetics and they were freely traded. By 1999, they were one of the first states to go full medical and created the caregiver system. It was a system designed to benefit local farmers to grow crops for a group of local patients. Then the law slowly expanded and decrim allowed for even higher amounts to go legit. Municipalities like Portland outright legalized possession of a couple ounces in the early 2000s. So, in a lot of ways, Maine is analogous to California in that they were only a number of years behind developing a small craft market to supply a relatively small patient base. California gets all the recognition because it's a huge state with 10 times the growers. Maine kind of got overshadowed for a while by their polarizing governor, Paul, quote, have a beer at this shithole bar I now work at LePage. For the most part, for, mo for the most part, or for most of my weed smoking life, 20 years, or the, the writer's weed smoking life, I would often read Overgrow all about all the main cultivators and sort of took it for granted that it was the untouchable fruit in New England and the entire eastern seaboard, emphasis mine. Maine is the undisputed champion of cannabis on the eastern seaboard. No one comes close. No one else, no one else has that title. No one. You know, I mean, maybe you can make the case for Florida having a very good, um, um, what's the name, black market, or Florida being like, or Florida being a great place for cannabis because the weather is so great. But, I mean, as long as you have authoritarians running th things, is, and as long as, as long as you're in the Bible Belt, you're not really going to get meaningful cannabis reform where you're going to, you're going to have to fight tooth and nail for it. But, you know, Maine, from what I know of it as a state, is uh, is very independent-minded. They can't really be put into a box. They'll vote for they'll vote for conservative pieces of crap like Paul LePage, but then they will vote for ranked choice voting. They're very you you can't put you can't really put a label on Maine. They they do their own thing, you know, they they march to the beat of their own drummer. But um I'm digressing, I'm getting into the weeds here. But um, let's let's continue with this. Now that Maine is opening up the box to everyone, it creates creates a huge opportunity for Maine and its community of curs and caregivers who have been at it for years to cash in. Take green truck extracts for example. I heard about them years ago, but it wasn't until recently that it became a possibility to even bother investigating whether they would provide for an out-of-stater. Plus, it's easier in Maine to open a small business storefront. Massachusetts is a difficult state to open small business in, regardless of the industry. That whole additional $50 for paper seemed absurd at the time. But looking back, I kicked myself for not connecting the dots. But I am a simple, stupid man, if anything else. Regardless, the simple answer is that Maine has had laws that have always favored in-state operations, as it should. It's a small population, and Maine residents should get first priority. Massachusetts legalization was basically paid for by Rick Steves. Plus, there were no big canna companies in 1999. The big canna companies were international seed vendors like Gypsy Nirvana, 
and distributors like Mark Emery. So Maine got a tremendous head start opposed to Massachusetts that was really hardline prohibition state until 2008. That's true. Again, in 2008, let me let me give you let me give you some inside knowledge. So 2008 was a very momentous year in, in for sort of cannabis reform in Massachusetts. You know, a lot of people decrim passed overwhelmingly. I think it I think it got like over 60 something percent of the vote. It was I mean, it also helps that it was like on the same um it was on the same ballot as the first African-American president. That that helped a lot, too. But, you know, Massachusetts was putting people in a cage willy-nilly for weed before 2008. So, you know, and I, I even... I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to, like, name names, but I even know some people that were, like... That, to this day, still have charges. You know, Massachusetts was very reefer madness until 2008. And then in 08, we got decrim. 2012, we got medical. And then um, 2016, we voted in um, adult use. But yeah, we were pretty hard, hard line against cannabis on, until 08. But just a little bit of uh, knowledge for you guys. But yeah, this this writer of this sort of summary is correct in that in, in that fat in that sense. Sure, you can get beasters and mids everywhere. But to get Kind Bud and Hetty's, you had to go to Western Mass. Again, he's also right. Western Mass does have good cannabis. I mean, I went to UMass Amherst. I would know. I, I've gotten some strains when I, that I've used from some dealers. I, I mean, I've had my share of dealers that were like, that you know, that grew in an off-campus apartment and would 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 spray dry cleaning, dry would spray Febreze to prevent the prevent themselves from getting caught growing weed or whatever so i mean i i have run into those scenarios i have had some crappy quality cannabis but i've also had some top shelf that's that's better than this that 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 is stronger than dispensaries i've gone to as a grown grown adult in my 20s or almost in my 30s you know i've i've had some some strains that were so potent like you know that they were even more potent than the dispensaries I go to, so I have had some very strong quality in 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 Western Mass that can be had. So he is right on that because I've experienced it. So you, to get Kind Bud and Hetty's, you had to go to Western Mass, Rhode Island, Vermont, or find Sketchmos in Boston. I knew Maine had a serious scene, but breaking into it wasn't in the cards for teenage me. Point is, Maine has been taking medical cannabis ser as serious as California for just as long. There is a strong cannabis culture in Maine that has prevailed since the 1960s and is now being revealed in mass. Good luck to all in Maine and let the sun shine on your entire community of caregivers, growers, and everyone else that has helped contribute to what I feel is a model industry of the East Coast. Here's to a bright future for Mainers. Lights a, a fat doink of Maine-grown banana bread. End of end of testimony and end of summary of Maine's scene. Again, we're sort of approaching 20 minutes. I don't want to. I don't want to keep you guys too long. I hope you guys got the point of what I was trying to say. If you're in Idaho, 
Nebraska or um, or Mississippi, you want to make you want to make these ballot measures favor small growers and small farmers because then you're going to have a potent craft cannabis scene where you know where you're just where you're just making small batches of cannabis or you're having a bunch of people with very low barriers being able to get into the cannabis scene very easily being able to provide two two patients directly and you're having it so you know so these patients know their grower they know where they're getting their cannabis it's not being mass produced by a multi-million dollar company you know it's just average joe's doing this and average janes providing medicine to their neighbors and to their buddies and 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 to their patients you know, I, I love I love the main caregiver scene. I, I can't I can't say enough good things about it. My main caregiver, she she is the, the best. She puts a lot of um, a lot of the offerings I've had in in some in some places to shame. It's she's just so good at what she does, and it's amazing knowing your your grower. Like I I she she posts like Instagram like pictures of like the new strain she's growing for the patients. So I'm so I'm able to know what I'm able to know on the fly that my cannabis is being taken care of. I'm, I know that that what's being put in my tinctures is the top is top shelf quality. You know, I I know that it's being made with tender love and care. But at a mass produced can big cannabis company that has millions, hundreds of millions of dollars to throw around. I don't know that these growers are putting the same love and care into the product. It's mass produced at some at some industrial warehouse space in God knows where in central Massachusetts or something. I don't know, but you know, it's not being made with the same love as someone growing it in their in their house or someone growing it in their in their um, farm, in their small farm or whatever, like you have in Maine, but. In Idaho, Mississippi, and um, Nebraska, you have the opportunity to avoid big cannabis, like um, like Maine has avoided. You have the opportunity to do that, and you should take that opportunity to do all you can to avoid big cannabis, avoid vertical integration, avoid avoid big cannabis, and allow the bent barriers of entry to be low, and make it easy to start a business. Make it like. Copy, copy Maine, copy um, Oklahoma, and you're you're gonna have a very good program that's gonna be very cheap and very accessible for patients, and very cheap and accessible for people who want to grow and participate in the cannabis field at any capacity. So I'm, I'll just leave you with that, and I hope you guys got a lot out of it. If you find yourself coming around often to my podcast and want to support and expand our humble little project, there are a few ways you can support us. We plan on doing big and humble little things with our projects, such as getting to trade shows, visiting other MMJ and recreational states, and doing on-field work. Supporting us helps us keep the lights on, pay rent, pay for hosting and equipment, and travel. And you can do this by going to www.anchor.com dot fm slash i am cannabis sativa podcast slash support you can also support me now on patreon at www.patreon.com slash ic sativa podcast you can support the podcast for as little as one dollar a month 
We also have $5 and $10 tiers if you're feeling extra generous. And those come with their own benefits too. And um, if you subscribe to the, the 10 and above tier, you you get some personal time if you're over 21 with Mr. Sativa. So, you know, you can chat with me on Discord. You know, we can have 15-minute one-on-one time. So you get you get exclusive episodes. You get early releases when you join these tiers. And you can also subscribe and find our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor FM, Overcast, Radio Republic, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Follow us on socials at um on, on Twitter, for example, at IC Sativa Podcast and on Instagram at I am Cannabis Sativa. And as always, stay medicated, my friends. Peace.